Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. Well, let's dig right in. Uh, my heart is stirred for the message this morning, so let's just dig right in. Romans chapter 8, verse number 12. Just going to pick up right where we left off last week. I ask you to stand and honor God's word. <clears throat> verse number 12, Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> Therefore... Brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but, to, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Let us pray. <clears throat> oh God, how I thank you for the service this morning. How I thank you for all that are here. Uh, so precious, uh, Lord, it is to be with our brothers and sisters and that sweet spirit that we have felt. And Lord, the good worship and all that has been done. How we thank you for it, Lord. Are just I am moved by our church people, Lord, of what you have given us here. And, and Lord, now as we've come to your word, uh, Lord, I, I thank you for how you have worked in my heart, Lord, and all of this scripture. And, and God, I pray that you'd help me that I would not get in the way. I would not hinder the Lord the message. Oh, God, I know that I cannot preach this, but Father, I know that you can. I pray that you would remove all the obstacles away, the hindrances, the distractions. Lord, may your Holy Spirit speak to our hearts. And Lord, may we take this, this message to heart this morning, I pray. Jesus holy name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Have you ever thought about what if we get Christianity wrong? Am I the only one that ever thinks that? What if we got Christianity wrong? <clears throat> I I look around at so much of what we call Christianity and I don't see it lining up with, thus saith the word of God. <clears throat> and, and then I want to ask this question. Does everybody uh, get their own beliefs? In other words, you know, you see it this way and you see it this way, and we, we all have our different views of how we get to heaven. Uh, is, is that how the Bible portrays it? Um, I have to tell you, it's not. <clears throat> Here at this church, uh, I think almost everybody believes that if you are living a sinful life, you're not a Christian. 
I think that's pretty much the, the belief of most that are here. But I want to push it just a little bit farther. I've really, really wrestled with this scripture. And I, and I want to just give you what I believe that it says. Uh, but so we believe that you can't be a Christian and live sinful. Amen. That's what, that's what we believe. But I want to push that a little bit farther. Do we believe that you can come pray a prayer Come to church when you want to, read your Bible when you want to, pray when you want to, do something for the Lord when you want to, but you're still a Christian. Because see, I think we believe that. And I'm, I'll just be honest with you, I have wrestled and wrestled and wrestled with this, this text, and, and I've, I, I've tried every way in the world to figure out what it really says, but as I used the tools that I gave you guys a few weeks back, I looked up all the definitions of the words and I put it in context and I compared it to all the other scriptures in the Bible. And after I got it all done, I looked at some, let's see what some commentary said and all of that. When I got done with it, there was only one conclusion I could come with. And it's not the conclusion that we, that we usually think of. And I'm going to kind of, I'm going to kind of uh, challenge some of your beliefs this morning. But this scripture, I believe is, um, a lot more blunt than we like. <clears throat> Just a little, little, little interesting side note. Josh has this saying he likes to say, uh, whether you like it or not, Josh likes to say this. He said, I like the old dead guys. Okay, that's what Josh likes to say. I, I'm so proud that Josh feels that way, by the way, that I, I, I thank the Lord almost every day. Thank you that he likes the old dead guys. What that means is they had it right hundreds of years ago. So here's a little interesting side note. I looked up a ton of commentaries just over and over and over to try to see what people thought about this. All the old dead guys, they all agree with what I'm going to say this morning, which is what I felt the Lord show me. The only ones I could find to disagree with that was, was the new commentaries that are still alive. So that's just a little food for thought. But anyways, uh, so there is a narrow path that the Bible teaches that we need to understand uh, as part of the Christian life. <clears throat> now, there is an argument about, can you be a Christian and be carnal? There is an argument about lordship salvation, but I want to challenge us what the Bible says about that. So let's dig into the text, and, and I'm going to do my very best just to, just to preach you what the Bible says, uh, not to add Geary to it, not to add denomination to it. I, I've, I've come to a place in, the, in, in preaching that I, never before I feel such an accountability, uh, probably because I feel like you guys are really listening and you guys are receiving it, but I fear to teach you what is wrong. I fear to not give you what the Bible says. I fear to get this thing wrong, and you guys might believe and I might lead you astray. So that greatly brings a fear to my heart. And I don't want to worry about what Fruel Baptists believe or what this church believes or what grandma believes. I want to preach to you what thus saith the word of God. So that's what I'm going to do this morning. And if that rubs you a little bit the wrong way, uh, you just need to talk to God about it. But if we look at, so if we go to this whole entire chapter, the whole, the whole seven chapters we've been studying before that were all about salvation. But if we go to the very first verse, it says there's no condemnation if you're in Christ Jesus. So it's talking to Christians. And then he goes on talking about the, the spirit and the flesh going back and forth and how that we're, we're living in the spirit. We're not living in the flesh. And then it says, but I want to point out a, a very, very important word to you guys. And to me, this is a game changer. I want you guys to pay attention to the word shall. Shall. 
We don't say that anymore, do we? What, so what does shall mean? What does shall mean, guys? Does that mean it could happen, it might happen, there's a chance it will happen? Shall means it's going to happen. Shall means, now if God says shall, is it going to happen? It's going to happen, right? So I want you guys to, I'm going to read you two verses. I want you to pay attention to the shalls because this is not optional. This is not uh, um, maybe. This is a God said it's going to happen. And this really changes Christianity. And as I said, if we get Christianity wrong, what if people think they're going to heaven and they're going to hell? I hope that doesn't apply to anybody here this morning, but this is important that we get this right. Verse number 11, let's back up and read verse number 11. But if, so it already is told us in verse number 9 that if you're a Christian, you have the Spirit. So it says in verse 11, but if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwelleth in you. So if you call yourself a Christian, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Verse number 12, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Say, Pastor, why are you making a big deal about this? Because I don't think we understand what that says. I think we've got this wrong. I said a few weeks back, and I know that probably stripped out some gears, but I think there's this mentality, you get saved, and, and, and you're living in the spirit sometimes, you're living in the flesh sometimes, and you're kind of fighting back and forth which one you're going to live on which particular day. As I've studied this, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible clearly says we died to the flesh and we live in the spirit. And all of these qualifications are not for when you're going back and forth. These qualifications are, are you saved or are you lost? And so we're not saying, are you a Christian who kind of lives carnally? We're saying, are you on your way to heaven or on your way to hell? And that's kind of a big deal this morning. How many of you, I hope this does not apply to any single person here, but how many of you here, if you were thinking you were going to heaven, but you were going to end up in hell, would want someone to tell you, hey, you're not going to heaven? And that's what we want to do this morning. We want to look and see what does it say, because this does not say possibly could. It says it should have. So if, we, if I could boil down verse 11 for you, it says, if you are a Christian, the same spirit that raised Jesus is going to change who you are. Listen, it did not say it might happen. It did not say it, it possibly could happen. It did not say it's an option if it will or if it won't. It did not say that if you want to be carnal, you can still go to heaven. It said if you're a Christian, the Spirit of God will change who you are. See, we have, this, we have this Christianity today that says, I got saved, I prayed a prayer, you know, I don't really listen to anything the church says, I don't do what the Bible says, I don't want to go to church, I don't want to read my Bible, I don't want to pray, but praise God, I'm on my way to heaven. I've had people, I've had people tell me, Pastor, I know I'm saved, but they wouldn't do anything the Bible said. Well, how do you know you're saved? If you won't do anything the Bible says, how do you, because I prayed a prayer. Well, listen, you better go back and read your Bible. You know, contrary to what maybe most Baptists believe, there's never a sinner's prayer in the Bible. Do you know that's not in there? It's not coming to the, it's not coming up here just praying a prayer. It's changing your life. It's making you a different person. 
so here's the, here's the part I wrestled with. I wrestled and wrestled and wrestled with it. And be honest, I tried to make it say something different, but I wrestled and wrestled with it. And it, I looked up the definitions. I did everything I could. I looked at commentaries. And, and here is what the Bible says. And this is really a game changer. Verse number 13. If ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. The only conclusion I can come to that that means, you can go to hell. <laughs> Is anybody listening? You're going to go, you're, the die there, I, it, it doesn't, I, I can't make it say anything else. You just say you're going to go to hell. It's condemnation. Now in verse number one, he said, there's no condemnation for those that are Christians. But here he says, if, and he starts out in verse number 12 saying, therefore, brethren, because of everything I've said to you, talking to the Christians, he is saying, you shall die if you're living after the flesh. And then he says, but if you through the spirit mortify the deeds of your body, you shall go to heaven. And I don't know how else to make that say, and you say, preacher, I don't understand why you're making such a big deal, because here's why I'm making such a big deal about it. I don't believe there's any wiggle room here. I don't believe there's any wiggle room here for saying you're saved and not living a holy life. That's a, that, that, do, do, do you guys get that? How many Christians, listen, I thank God, I was thinking about this message, this ought to be a hallelujah message this morning because I thank God where the church is, and I don't think, I hope this doesn't apply to anybody in this church, but how many churches are there where there are people who have went there 30, 40 years, went to the altar years ago, still living in rebellion, still not doing what's right, but they say, praise God, I'm going to heaven. But the Bible says, if you're living according to the flesh, you're going to hell. I think that's serious. I think that's serious. And the Bible says if you call yourself a Christian, that the Spirit of God works in you and you will change your life and live according to the Word of God. You know, there's this, there's this debate in Christianity that, that we argue back and forth. We argue about can a person be a Christian and still be carnal? And we argue about can, you know, can you be a Christian and not make the Lord uh, Jesus your Lord? So that means you take him as your Savior, later on down the road you make him your Lord. Big controversy in Christianity. I've argued this point before, and I don't know if it's gotten into you guys or not, but I, be, and I still firmly believe this. J just want you to think about it. I still firmly believe that the difference often is whether you're sitting under the Word of God or not. Now, if you go to a church and they don't preach how you're supposed to live and they don't preach thus saith the Word of God, can you be a Christian and live a carnal life? Possibly. But that's the preacher's fault if it does. And I have said that the difference is, is when you come to a church where they're preaching the Word of God, it will change your life. Kind of interesting, they sung that song right before I got up. That was just perfect timing. Uh, but let me tell you about my Jesus, he'll change your life. There is no Christianity that doesn't change your life. There is no Christianity where you go on living like you did before. There is no Christianity where you continue sinning and rebel against God. It's not in the Bible. So let me see if I can prove my point biblically. 
In the Bible, we never find any place. The Bible says don't give, uh, uh, don't make provision for the flesh. The Bible says that, you know, all these things. There's never any wiggle room in there for being a Christian and, and living carnally. But we like to go over to Corinthians, and, and, and we like to go over there, and we like to find that Paul says these are genuine Christians who are on their way to heaven. He's sleeping with his mother-in-law. He's he's uh, um, uh, suing one another, abusing Lord's Supper. They're doing all these evil, wicked things inside the house of God, and Paul calls calls them Christians. So we use that for an evidence and we say, see there, you can be carnal and still be saved. I want to ask you guys a question. How many of you think the church at Corinth had a good pastor? <laughs> the guy didn't know how to do the Lord's Supper. The guy didn't know it was wrong to have incest in the church. The guy didn't know, uh, he wasn't even taking it. The guy didn't, he, he didn't know that it was wrong for them to be fighting back and forth with each other and going, he didn't know how, he wasn't giving. And Paul said, you don't got a pastor to tell you what to do, so I'm going to tell you what to do. Straighten up and live like the Bible says. And that kind of confirms the, my, my argument. The only place in the Bible that you find Christians not living Christians is when someone's not telling them what thus saith the word of God. But when you get thus saith the word of God, it changes who you are. So let's go on. Let me rub you wrong a little bit more and then we'll go. We'll give you some points. <clears throat> so if we understand that this is saying that if you're living to please your flesh, you're going to go to hell. And if you're living to by the spirit, you're going to go to heaven. It says in verse 14, <clears throat> for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Let me read this to you differently. Let, let me read this to you differently. As many as are the sons of God are led by the Spirit. That's what it says. That's what it says. It says if you call yourself a child of God, then that means the Spirit's running your life. If the Spirit's not running your life, you're not a son of God. You're somebody else's son. And it's not God. And then it says, I love this. I, 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 we could preach a message on this. But it says then, for ye have, so now he's talking to Christians. If you're, if you're a son of God, it says, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. He said, if you really got saved, you're not going back where you was before. You're in a different place now. Now, what is pretty much the, the, the number one fear that all humans have since Adam until today, what's the number one fear? Dying, right? Now, I'm guessing there's not any of you who want to sign up to die today, but it is a natural fear to be afraid of death. Amen? It's a, it's a natural fear. But what he said is, if you're released from the bondage of the flesh... You don't have to be afraid of death anymore. Listen, if someone comes at, through that door right now and they have a gun and they start shooting, I'm not saying, please shoot me, but I'm saying this, I'm not afraid to die. I think Brother Miguel told us, hey, that just gives me a trip to heaven, right? I, I, don't, have, I don't have to fear that. I don't have to be in fear of that. How many Christians live in a continual fear and just consumed by fear? Listen, I don't want to die. I'm not, I'm not paying, paying. I think there's something inside of us that doesn't want to die. That's the, the God gives us. But what does this teach us is that fear of judgment, that fear of, of death, that fear of what lays after this, it should be gone. And if we understand this scripture and we understand this, the, the 
concreteness of it, if you are living in such a way that the Spirit of God is running your life, you can lay down and say, I don't, I'm not worried about what happens whenever I die. I'm going to heaven. Amen? I talked to my mom yesterday. I mentioned about my aunt. <clears throat> my aunt's been a Christian for I don't know how long, but probably long I've been alive. And she's laying there dying. And this is what my mom says to me. My mom is so cold-hearted and so mean. This is what she said. She said, the sooner it happens, the better. What in the world? We know what she's saying? She's just suffering here. She's got paradise waiting on her. We don't have to worry about that. We're not letting her say, oh, what's going to happen after she dies? She's going to heaven. She gets to be with Jesus, gets a brand new body. She's laying here suffering. The sooner she goes, the better for her and everybody else. That's not cold-hearted. That's saying we're not afraid of death anymore. We don't have to be afraid of death. We have something that delivered us from that fear of death. And I'm not going to preach on this this morning, but can I just tell you that as Christians, we ought to be showing the world we're not afraid of death. Whether it be COVID or anything else, we're not afraid of death. See, if you want to, if you want to um, rob me and put a gun to my head and threaten to kill me, you're just giving me a free pass to heaven. <laughs> Amen? What are you going to do with somebody like that? I mean, we go, how are you going to really scare me? <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not standing here saying I, I'm anxious to die. I'm telling you, I'm not afraid to die because I know what waits on the other side. And then it says, uh, the, how precious is it? It says that, but, but ye have been given a spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And that is a very, that is a term of endearment. That is a, that a very, a very passionate, uh, um, word there. Father is not a, uh, a far off distant one. Uh, Abba, Father is a, a term of endearment. It, it is like crying up in daddy's lap and saying, Daddy, I love you. And that's what we get if we are Christians. Now, here's the part I like to push back on just a little bit. <clears throat> and if this doesn't rub you the right way, maybe you just go study it out, see what you can find. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So the first spirit is capital S. The second spirit is little s. So the first spirit is the Holy Spirit. The second spirit is our spirit. Does everybody see that? So we're talking about the Holy Spirit of God is bearing witness with our spirit that we've been preaching about for several weeks, our spirit, that we are the children of God. Now, here's what I want to challenge you. Is that saying that if I'm saved, I get the tinglys? I get the feel-goods. Miguel stood up here and said, some days it's good, some days it's not so good. Can anybody say amen? amen. Some days you feel so saved, <laughs> you just are, but there's some days you really don't feel saved at all. See, the spirit bearing witness, we, I think we always have it in our mind, that means I feel like I'm saved. Well, praise God, sometimes I do feel saved. Some days I don't. Some days I feel like God is so sitting there this morning in worship. I felt so close to God. I felt the Spirit so precious, and it was wonderful, and that's a great feeling. But I have sat there before, Sister Georgia, and not felt that. I have felt that kind of just so I lost my salvation that Sunday. 
Listen, this is not a tingly feeling. This is not a, uh, the Spirit gives you a feeling because those feelings come and those feelings go. But I believe this is saying the Spirit leads you to live a holy life. And when you're living that holy life, that Spirit bears witness with your spirit. Hey, look, I'm getting that guy under control because I'm living a holy life. If we understand that, it kind of changes all of Christianity. Because now I'm not looking to see, I'm not going to prove I'm a Christian because I feel it. I'm proving I'm a Christian because I'm living the life. Now, I have preached enough. You guys know, as a broken record, I don't believe we can be saved by works. But this scripture clearly tells us, if you're saved, you will have works. And that's what the Bible teaches. Doesn't teach you earn your salvation by being good enough. It teaches that if you are truly saved, you're going to live a good life. Okay, and, and, and the last verse is just, just a shout and hallelujah. I just get up, shout around church a little while, and then go back. If, the, if you are a Christian, if you're a child of God, if you've been saved, if the Spirit is running your life, then you are an heir. Not going to be, but right now, you are an heir, an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. You get to inherit heaven. It's already yours if you're a Christian. So I think we probably better make sure that we are Christians. So quickly, <clears throat> quickly, point number one, what does the flesh do? <clears throat> Again, I think that this is not an alternating back and forth. This is, and when I say that, I don't want to confuse you. I understand that a Christian can operate in the flesh. This is saying a Christian's not, their lifestyle is not to be operating flesh. Gary does let the flesh get in the way sometimes, but Gary tries to live in the spirit. That's where I'm living. And I, I try to run my life obeying the Holy Spirit and not giving into the flesh. And that is what a Christian is to do. So what does the flesh do? It rebels against the word of God. It rebels against the word of God. It does not submit to God. It rationalizes sin. So it's just this simple, people. It really is just this simple. If you are here and the word of God is being preached, whether it is you should not be lying, uh, you should not be cussing, whether it is you should not be getting mad or envying or jealousy or lust or whatever we're preaching about, your spirit, your flesh rises up and it says, I'm justified in what I do. And you just keep right on doing it. Now, again, I'm thankful for where our church is at, but can I ask this question? Have we ever seen that at Sand Hill Church? Where we preach the Bible and they fold their arms and say, I'm on my way to heaven, praise God, but I ain't doing that. The Bible says you ain't allowed to do that. Listen, no, 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 let me take it back. That was wrong. Back that up. That was wrong. It doesn't say you're not allowed to do that. It says you won't do that. It's a difference. See, I think we're planted in our head. Okay, you're a Christian. You get to choose whether you're going to live a good life or not. But what the Bible actually says is if you're a Christian, you can live a good life. It's a difference. So we go around judging and we go around seeing, is the Spirit running your life? If you are, are, are clearly living in the flesh and clearly rebelling against God and clearly rejecting what God says, I don't care if you've been to the altar or not. It sounds like to me you're on your way to hell. Is this too strong? Because that's what the Bible says. It doesn't say you're going to or that you'll, you'll make that good decision. It says you shall do what the Bible says. And so the, the flesh does not want to do what the Bible says. And if you're following this argument, if we're living in the Spirit, we're, we're yielding to the Word of God. If we're not living in the Spirit, we're living in the flesh, which means we're not a Christian. Okay? Now, we've talked in the past. I'm not going to redo it all over again. 
But we have to be careful about taking the scripture and putting everybody in hell because there is ignorance. Whether we like it, whether we don't, there are people who have been saved a long time who have just never been told that's wrong. Okay? Now, that's God's business. Can I just make that clear? That's God's business. God did not set me here to be a judge. God did not set me here to decide who's going to heaven, who's going to hell. But there are, there are people who are ignorant. So is it possible to be a Christian and be ignorant and do some bad things? I believe that it is. That's not my job. That's God's job. But if you are in a Bible-believing church and you are rejecting the Word of God, I believe we have to say you're not a Christian. There is also immaturity. We have to understand we have some in our congregation. We have those who have not been saved a long time. Listen, if you've been saved 40 years, you ain't got a whole lot of excuses, okay? Just throw that out there. But if you've not been saved very long, it might take you a while to get your thinking straight, to get yourself where you're supposed to. So, uh, again, we have to be careful. I'm not God to judge it. But I just say this, this to those who have not been saved a long time. This is not preaching you will be perfect. This is preaching are you changing? Are, is God working with you? Look, it took all of us a long time to get there. It's not saying I judge you and I see no sin. It is saying I see God making you different. And praise God to young converts in our church, they are changing. And so that is what it is saying. If no change is taking place, there is great doubt that you're saved. Let me say that again. If there's not change taking place, there is great doubt that you are saved. Now, I don't get to be God. I don't want to be God, by the way. I don't want His job. <laughs> but if you come to this church, sit and listen to the Word over and over and over, and it doesn't do anything in your life, I've got to ask myself, are you a Christian? Are you guys getting this? It makes a difference if you're if you're a Christian, and I think what we I think there's that mentality that says, well, you get saved, and then it's your free will to do whether you do right or do wrong. It's you you, know, you can live after the flesh if you want to, you can live after the spirit if you want to, and you make that decision and all these things like that. Listen, I'm not so sure that's biblical, because the Bible says when you get saved, the old man dies and the spirit takes over. And you begin to change. Now I'm not, I'm not preaching, I'm not up here preaching perfection where we, we live a sinless life and you can't find any fault with us. I'm not preaching that. Cause you can find fault and Gary and Gary's been saved a long time. But can I tell you, I try really hard to do what the Bible says. I try with all my heart to yield to the Spirit and not let the flesh have its way. I try to do what God says. So, so point number two, how the Spirit works. It very plainly, very clear, tells us very plainly here in, in the, in the text that the Spirit is killing the old man. Is that what it says? It, it, it kills the flesh. It, back in chapter six, it says mortify the flesh. It says, uh, it, it says here that, uh, it says mortifying the deeds of the body, uh, it says who you yield your members, uh, instruments to, uh, that, that's the one that you are served. Uh, what are all these things telling us? It is telling us the spirit was given to give you control. We preached for these last Sundays about the body, the, the soul and the spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and gives you the power to control your flesh so you can overcome sin. And you no longer get to say, I can't help it. I'm just like this. Yes, you can. You can change. If you let the Holy Spirit change you, and if you don't let the Holy Spirit change you, the Bible says there's doubt that you're saved. Amen? And that's serious. That's serious. The Holy, the Holy Spirit condemns rebellion. 
Can we just be real honest? Let's just, let's just have just a moment of honesty right here. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the pastor of this church, the deacons, the teachers. I don't care who you are, how long you've been here. Can I just be real honest? When the word of God comes, there's something in your flesh that rears up to rebel. Am I right, Brother Terry? There's something in your flesh that says, I don't want to do that. I'm there. Josh is up there teaching. No, I don't want to do that. Right? I, you know, Jacob McGill's up there. No, I don't want to do My flesh says no. But then something stronger than my flesh says you will. Are you guys getting this? That's the difference. Your flesh doesn't want to be good. Your flesh does not want to do what's right. Your flesh is still sinful. But when your flesh says, I'm not going to obey, the Holy Spirit says, oh, but you will. And I don't know how we, how, how we iron out all these details, but I just believe we've given way too much liberty to say the flesh has the choice on whether it obeys or not. The flesh should have no choice in the life of a Christian. The Spirit is running the show. And that is so clear from the text uh, that, that the Spirit takes control and it says we are living in the Spirit and there is a change that comes about because we're living in the Spirit. And if that Spirit has not changed your life, you just simply didn't get saved. The, the Holy Spirit will give you the power to live a holy life. We don't hear a whole lot about holiness anymore, and I know holiness has been named a lot of things for, for a lot of things we're supposed to do. But can I just say what holy means? It means living according to the Bible. It means studying the Bible out and living what it says. If we're doing what the Bible says, we'll live holy lives. Again, I'm not talking about sinless perfection. I'm talking about lining our lives up with the Word of God. <clears throat> I have highlighted here in my notes, you guys do what you want to with it. I have studied this until I am confident what it says. This is not an option. See, I'm not presenting this to you and saying, if you want to be a Christian, you better start doing these things. I'm saying if you are a Christian, you will do these things. Do you guys get the difference? There's a difference. If you're a Christian, you're going to live right. If you're not living right, you're not a Christian. Okay? And you say, well, where does free will come in there and sovereignty of God and all that? Listen, I'm not here to sort all that out there. I'm just telling you, we, we have played into this thing that says, okay, I am saved, and now I have the options of whether or not I want to do what God says. But is that what the Bible says? The Bible says that the Spirit came to kill your flesh, take away that rebellion, and you will live a good life. Now, <clears throat> I don't, God help me, I'm not saying this, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging when I say this. <clears throat> Let me say it this way. You have Miguel and Jacob and Josh. If you are in this church and you are living sinful, you have no excuse because you're hearing the truth in this church. If you're going to another church and you're never hearing the truth, that's, that's when you and God. But if you're going to this church, you are hearing the Word of God every time we come out here, and it is instructing you how to live and how to change your life. And if you are not changing, you better look in the mirror. Because how terrible would it be? And I trust that no one is in this, this situation, but how terrible would it be to get to the end of life and say, I know I'm going to heaven. I cast out demons in your name and I did great miracles and I did all these things. And he said, depart from me, I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. You know what that's talking about, people? Talking about church members. Talking about people sitting in the pews on their way to heaven and they're not living a godly life. This is serious stuff. Any, anybody here want to go to heaven? Raise your hand. Anybody want to go to heaven? Okay, put them down. Anybody here want to go to hell? This is important stuff. 
It's not an option to do what the Bible says. It's the Christian life. And I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm saying that right or I'm getting that across to you guys. That is really, that is really huge when we understand uh, this isn't something we choose whether we will or whether we won't. This is something that is part of the Christian life. And as I already kind of alluded to, if you go back and read the writings of those that lived in the 1700s and the 1800s, that's what they believed. They believed that if you're a Christian, you're a Christian. And we've come up with this new mocking thing that says you can be a Christian and still live a very worldly, sinful life. And hey, you just chose not to listen to the Spirit. But I'm not finding that in the Bible. So you guys study that out and see. <clears throat> so, number three, the clear test of the Spirit Living what the Bible says. It, it tells you clearly here that the Spirit will mortify the flesh. It will, it will put to death the flesh. That if you are, because you are a Christian, the sons of God, verse 14, you will be led by the Spirit. What does being led by the Spirit mean? That is not, I got a feeling and I was at Walmart and I got a feeling and it told me to pick up this big gallon of milk. That's not what being led by the Spirit. What is being led by the Spirit? It is when the Word of God is preached. It says, hey, you're going to do that. You go home and you're rebelling and you can't get it off your mind and it keeps working on you, working on you, till you change. That's a Christian life, people. The Spirit of God takes the Word of God and it changes you and makes you different. If that process is not going on, I challenge you today, come and get saved. I, I hope and I pray that this does not apply to anybody here. But can I just tell you, can I ask you an honest question? If you've been in this church for 40 years and you just now figured out you ain't saved, is it worth the embarrassment of not going to hell to come up here and have to repent? You know, I've heard of deacons that served for 40 years and then they said, hey, I'm not saved. I've heard of preachers who preached for years and years. I've heard of missionaries who went to the mission field and preached for years and then they figured out, hey, you know what? I never got saved. You see, that's mighty embarrassing. Not as embarrassing as going to hell. Not as embarrassing as going to hell. Can I tell you, it will be embarrassing when Jesus says, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. See, there's a narrow path and a broad path. And what is the purpose of that? It is saying everybody who thinks they're going is not going. There's a narrow path of those who are actually doing what the Bible says. And so it, it, the, there's a clear test, and that test is not that feeling. It is that uh, we are living holy lives. <clears throat> We are we are not given the spirit of fear, and we have the uh, we are heirs of Christ. And well, that would be a great message to preach. We don't have time this morning, but how exciting is it? Just for just for a moment, how exciting is it that we're heirs of Christ? Do you understand what an heir means? You know, if if, if your parents are still living, in most families this is how it works. If your parents are still living, when they die, everything they have will be yours. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to work for it. They just give it to you, right? I mean, that's pretty cool, right? And so that is what God is saying. I own everything. And God's not going to die, by the way. He's just going to give it to us. All of heaven, all the beauties, all the glory. Listen, we won't walk around up there like trespassers who are someplace we don't belong. We're going to walk up there like I'm at home. I'm in Father's house. And we're going to own everything that's there. And, and praise God, how glorious is that, that thought? <clears throat> so the assurance is, is that we live by the Bible. So let's just try to put this in practical terms and, and, and we'll bring this thing in. <clears throat> Real practical terms. 
As we hear the Bible, uh, we will be changing. I don't think that's real complicated. I don't think that's real complicated. And praise God, that's what we see going on here at Sand Hill Church. But if that change is not happening, if it's not going on, there is question as to whether or not you're saved. We will not be perfect, but we will be changing. If we are not changing, there is no reason to think that you are saved. <clears throat> now this is a this is a delicate line to walk, and I typically I'm the one who has to walk it. This is a dangerous, scary, scary place to be. But we have someone come in, they get saved, they've been going here for a year. They're just not doing what the Bible says. There's that fine line we have to walk in. We want to encourage them, but we don't want to encourage them to go to hell. If they're not doing what they're supposed to, at, at some point we have to say, listen, are you sure you got saved? I'm all about helping those that are trying to grow and those that are trying to grasp it and those that are growing. I, I, I'm all about that. You guys know that I, I, I feel that I am patient with that. But we have to be careful about someone who thinks they got saved and they never got saved. Nothing is changing. Nothing's happening. And we just say, we just need to encourage them a little bit more. Maybe we need to make a checkup and see if they really got what they said they got. Because according to the Word of God, it will change you if you get it. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.